Welcome to Out of This Get Played Premium DLC. Premium DLC. I'm Nick Weiger, DLC. along with Heather Ann Gamble. DLC. I'm, uh, uh, wait. I, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know you were going to do a chant. I, couldn't, I was, okay. I didn't mean well, to cut off your bit. No, it's all right. I didn't, there was, it wasn't going anywhere. It was just my voice. The bit was just my talking. That's not even like a bit. It's just my, it's noise being blasted out of my throat. Hi, I'm, <sighs> I'm Heather Ann Campbell, <laughs> <laughs> along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Edge, guys, weird peripherals. You know, Whoa. we all have used peripherals in our gaming days. You know what I'm talking about. I, I mean, not the conventional stuff that comes in the box. I don't mean just like a regular control. I mean, just like a DualShock 2. It comes with your mm. PlayStation 2. You plug it mm. in, you're good to go. Mm. I'm talking stuff that you purchase. Sometimes it's third party. Sometimes it's first party. But it's something that enhances your gaming experience or detracts from it. Either way, it's a piece of hardware that is not standard. You got your light guns. <laughs> This is the whole. You got episode. your motion sensors. <laughs> Just Nick my unbroken monologue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say a rumble pack qualifies. Back in the day, wow. Back when force feedback wasn't standard, a peripheral might be a rumble pack. As some might quibble over what's a peripheral, what's an accessory, but they are things that are. Yeah, you put you you hook up to your console. <laughs> And then it's different. Yeah, it's a different, it's not a typical experience. Yes. So I think what you're saying, Nick, if I can sort of parse out that riddle that you, were, that you sort of laid out in front of us. It, so normally, the, you, everyone plays the game one way. That's kind of like yes. the normal way. But if sure. you want this sort of different way, you might get this other thing. Here's a classic example. We remember Rock Band, right? Yeah. There was a time when everyone was playing rock band. Yeah. Our engineer Devin is nodding along. He's a big time music man. Devin plays actual music, but you could all be your own Devin. Back in the day, you could pretend like you knew what you were doing. You had a guitar um, controller, a drum controller. I, 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 yes. I got I, I, I to take issue with the idea that playing rock band makes you into a Devin. That's like... Yeah. If you I, wrote a sentence, you're not Hemingway. Like, <laughs> hmm. What if the sentence and, and is uh, for writing. sale baby this shoes? Is like, this is like pointing at a sentence or whatever. and calling yourself Hemingway. <laughs> right. That's fair. <laughs> it's uh, never used. <laughs> oh. If you're listening to this episode, you've paid money. <laughs> or we've released it from behind the paywall to get hey, people to sign true. up. Yeah, that's true. So far, Maybe this is this is one would be a good one to release from behind <laughs> the paywall. This is a nice little lure dangling in the waters. <laughs> so 
we've got we're talking weird peripherals. We're yeah. not talking conventional peripherals. As I said up top, I, I led by saying weird peripherals. And so we're getting a little funky. We're we're going in. We're, we're talking about the peripherals that expanded our minds, challenged our idea of what a gaming experience could be. We're, we're talking weird stuff. You know, this is that we talk about weird uh, games on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're talking about weird hardware behind the paywall. Excellent. Yeah, we wouldn't necessarily we wouldn't necessarily devote an entire mainline episode to like a weird controller. Like that's not though. We could. Show. We could. And maybe we're suckers for doing this. Yeah. <laughs> kind of blowing our one. wad all in one all in one go. Just burning content. Yeah. What are you gonna do? We're we're a couple. We're all jokers. We're crazy. Is Heather okay. Heather, are you, you okay? Did are you guys talking? Because all I hear is just silence inside of my head. Like I just hear. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying real hard to focus after a long day of work, stepping into the studio that is the exact same desk that I work at, and and listening to you guys, but. You know, I think Nick said peripheral so often that my brain just shut down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why don't we well, why don't we start? <laughs> let's get into it. Let's do them. There are a lot of peripherals out there and and they do a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, when you think peripheral, you might think memory card. Mm-hmm. You might think uh, the oh, man, I should have used this one. This should have been one of my peripherals that I was going to bring up, which is you guys remember when Monster Hunter came out for the 3DS or DS, I can't remember. I think it was 3DS, but there's only one analog stick on the 3DS. Oh, yeah. So you snapped a, a, an expansion uh-huh. thing on the 3DS to give it an extra analog stick, but it was in the wrong space. So to move your camera around, you could hold with your thumbs and move your camera around, but then your hand would have to like switch positions were almost like if you're Kratos in God of War and you switch stances in order to perform more complicated combos. This was what, so that's like a peripheral. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah, we start doing one. on these DLCs is like jump cutting so that people think they've missed segments of the recording that like they're like they're listening in that french fries and i don't know what <laughs> like what you would want out of something other than french fries <laughs> i'd say that one can count as one of yours heather you want to just have that be your first one sure you want to do the- yeah okay I mean, you don't so, have to. I didn't do any research. I didn't do any. I just remembered something. I'm remembering something and that makes it content. I don't yeah. know. Okay, great. So that's my weird peripheral. Number one, the Monster Hunter analog expansion kit for the, I don't even know what system it was, guys. So it was I for was the 3DS. It yeah. And it was the, the, it was called the Circle Pad Pro. And I'm looking at it now. And the extra analog stick is, you're right, Heather, it is in the wrong space because ideally it would be then like beneath the buttons maybe, like yeah. w- uh, the action buttons, but it's it's parallel to them and parallel to the other analog stick. And usually those kind of work better uh, on a uh, Nintendo console rather uh, when they're sort of diagonal, like it, there, there's some nice uh, st- st- stuff happening there, but this is this is a mess, this thing. 
So that's what we're talking about today on the podcast. Just peripheral apple, and that's the kind of pie that I love. (laughs) I just want to just clarify for anyone who's still confused about the premise. Because you heard analog stick. You're like, well, hey, I got two of those on my Xbox controller sitting in front of me which I sat down to listen to this podcast. Like, what do you, give me some, tell, tell me something. No, we're talking about an, ex, an an additional analog stick that was a peripheral that you would attach to your 3DS. So this is, again, that's the idea. That's the kind of the concept here, the weird peripherals. Yes. To Having two analog sticks is normal, but having an additional analog stick that you buy to supplement the, old, the lone analog stick on the original 3DS is unusual. And so it qualifies for this exercise. That's right. I wonder right. if anybody's ever sold a button. Like, they've sold an analog stick. Has there yeah. ever been like, oh, that, yes. this game needs another button? The PlayStation back button. Yeah. Which oh, I never was, yeah. I was not able to acquire. I couldn't find one. And then the PS5 came out and I was like, well, fuck the back button. I was I was expecting there to be a back button on the DualSense. And there isn't. And what is the back button? You just map it to something? Like, I, I don't know what it what it would even do i guess it could do whatever you wanted it to do it it's it's useful if you're on a website and you want to go back to the previous website you're oh, looking at so it, it literally just takes you back yeah it just takes you back <laughs> like if you're looking at yahoo and before I, that you had your gmail open i see i, see. I didn't yeah. i didn't wow i hadn't even thought that i couldn't do that before yeah if you never tried game. that on your console uh yeah give it a shot yeah <laughs> so nick why don't you say one of your your weird peripherals hey this is a game I really enjoyed for the Sega Dreamcast. And Sega Dreamcast had a very eclectic library, I think you'd agree, as a fellow Dreamcast owner, Heather. Yes. And one... Thank you. <laughs> and one of those games, Samba de Amigo, which was a rhythm game mm-hmm. uh, that actually was developed by Sonic Team. I knew it was a Sega first-party game. I didn't realize Sonic Team was behind it until, until I looked it up. And it, it was, you played the maracas, and you had some physical maracas, which I, of course, did not hang on to. Mm-hmm. I, 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 those are probably fucking a pain in the ass to try to acquire these days, uh, if they, especially in good working condition. But they were really good, uh, uh, they are really good controllers, and you got to, like, shake the maracas, and then you had, like, um, certain poses that you would strike with them. They were really fun. It was just like, I, like, I love a super-duper specific... A controller, and that was as specific as you could possibly get. So, Samba de Amigo Maracas is my first pick. Wow, that's a that's a great one. I would have loved to play with that because I think Maracas, Maracas on their own, that's a hoot. Also, did you? I, I don't know how uh, how familiar you are with this game in general, Matt, but the the box art is great and gives you a sense of of what you're in for aesthetically. Um. There you see, we got we got ourselves a little monkey. Oh, I love it with uh, some maracas and a little uh, a little sombrero there. That's a lot of fun. Hey, bring this back! I think so. I think absolutely, it's overdue. Let's get a new Samba de Amigo. For those of you listening at home, Nick has just pulled up a screenshot of the game cover and is describing it to Matt. He didn't just randomly start talking about monkeys. <laughs> Uh, like that to me there's this oh what is it called um there's this game for the switch that is like a rhythm drumming game it's a japanese like rhythm drumming game um Mm. 
God, it's gonna kill me. It was a hit. A, is it the Tycho drumming drumming yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what that's called. I'm gonna look it up. Um, it just seems like a no brainer that they would port Samba de Amigo to Switch using the motion controls. It, that's a no brainer to me. Well, they did, I believe, port it to Wii. Because it, oh, it, I mean, they? like the Wii remote was kind of yeah. like oh, the yeah. you know, but but yeah, you could absolutely do it with the Joy Cons. It would it would certainly work for that too. But honestly, a big part of the fun was just that they were actual like physical maracas. Yeah, uh, Taiko no Tatsujin, Drum and yeah. Fun is the Taiko game. A lot of people in my work really liked that game. They had a, they were a real great time uh, with that in the office. Wow. Um, how about how about you hear what about what what am I? I had this. I'd like nothing more, Matt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The only thing in the fucking world that matters to me is hearing your weird peripheral right now. And so I do want to stress that this is not a normal peripheral. This is like a, right. this is a weird thing to add on. Um, You're probably at home like, like, oh, OK, Matt's going to say a second controller. Yeah, which I did no, say that's normal for something else. Yeah. <laughs> but this so this was for this was a, a peripheral for the Game Boy Advance, and I don't know why I had this because I I remember getting it and I remember asking for it. I was like I I think I saw like a commercial for it or something or saw it in like a like a Nickelodeon magazine or something and was like excited about it or you know they maybe just. Uh, displayed the technology in the controller and I was like wow I need I need this because the uh, it's the Nintendo e-reader and what that was was this big thing which I'll show you guys here on the screen yeah I remember this thing and you you plugged it into the top of your it's like a t-shaped card reader uh, that you plug into the top of your Game Boy Advance and it it came with a pack of cards and you can buy more cards and swipe it into the card reader and it would like feed data to like like a game or like it had it had things for games like additional like for those of you like, listening you could, at home Matt has pulled up an image <laughs> of the Nintendo e-reader and is describing what we are looking at with our own eyes there were like ga- there were like games that yeah. were on the cards, right? Like you could like old NES games. Yeah, old game old NES games, old game wa- uh, game and watch uh, games and things like that. But like I, and then it, it had support for like Pokemon uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Like it gave you like new trainers to battle. It had like Mario Party uh, and stuff for like new items and designs for Animal Crossing. I only had Pokemon Ruby, and I didn't have any of the cards for for it to get any of this new data so i had this and it basically i did nothing with it i think i played excite bike with it i swiped a card wow. and played excite bike and was like this sucks and <laughs> i was like bored by that and never played it but i still have it it's at my mom's house somewhere and i remember seeing it like uh maybe uh not long ago and was like wow like i don't have any fond memories <laughs> with this thing at all like i don't know why i had this but she was like you begged for it she was like making fun of me how much i wanted it wow yeah so that was that was one that i had that's a great candidate matt yeah and i think i think that absolutely fulfills the weird side of things yeah nintendo gets uh gets a little nutty especially with their with their handhelds they do they really do do you guys remember when they teased us with the 
Was it like the the wee blood pressure monitor or something? Like it, it was going to be like a thing you put on your finger in order to play a game and they introduced it at E3 and then it never came back. Do you guys remember this? Not really. No, but every every game system should measure your blood pressure. They should be able it to was, do that. <laughs> Maybe it was heartbeat. Can I I'm going to look it up. Nintendo finger sensor. I can guess why that was discontinued, which is that when a gamer gets something intended to be placed on their finger, they're immediately going to put it on their hog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's here it is. Here it is. The Wii Vitality sensor was a canceled accessory for the Wii. Announced at E3 in 2009, not much is known about the Vitality Sensor and how it would have been integrated into video games. It was suggested that it would be used to relax the player, telling them mm. their heartbeat and about their body. It's like an Apple Watch. Yeah. It just like, it like gives you some feedback. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that, Nick, I'm not, I don't know a lot about human penises. So I'm I'm guessing that... that Either forcing a penis into this device would be an alarming amount of work, mm. or maybe maybe they come in different shapes and sizes. Could, hey, you know, fingers do. So maybe this that's, thing's adjustable. That's true. To get that thing, you use it to relax to completion. <laughs> know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. My second peripheral on our... Parade of Peripherals. Wow. That's what Great we're name. It. Great. Great name. Parade midway, of Peripherals. Midway through wow. <laughs> the episode. Oh, I love it. Uh, my next uh, is the Sega Activator. Now, if you were uh, alive and conscious in the 1990s, you probably, and, and you liked video games, and you would read magazines. If all these things were true, you probably saw an advertisement for a kid doing a karate chop over a ring that looked like a hula hoop that he'd laid on the ground, except like it was sort of hexagonal. Uh, and this was advertising the Sega Activator, which has infrared sensors that go from the floor to the ceiling, and you could program each section of this stop sign-shaped object uh, to react to your gestures. The, the thing is, this... It doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> and there were only a few games ever programmed to accept it. I knew about it because I liked Eternal Champions and was a Sega kid. Oh yeah. And it was programmed for use with Eternal Champions. So I was like, "Oh man, I could totally get this and and do moves. I could do the moves and then they would happen." But the but the problem is it would be like three quadrants would be your buttons and then three quadrants would be like uh, or four quadrants would be up, down, left and right. And you couldn't activate two at the same time. So you couldn't do like a fireball motion. Because if you went mm. down, mm. quarter down, up, then B, I think it's like the end of that has to. It's not there's no space in between. Anyway, you. You listening at home understand what I'm talking about. And that's why you're here for our parade of peripherals. <laughs> wow. Nick, Nick, take it away. That's my that's my second thing. 
Thank you, Heather. Wow, we have a lovely float now proceeding down uh, behind the Long Beach Wilson High marching band. Uh, Now, atop this float, you know, I've already mentioned one Latin music-themed peripheral. I certainly can't bring up another. That's where you're wrong. (laughs) I'm talking about the Donkey Congas. The Donkey Kong... Bongos, the DK bongos that came with the game Donkey Konga. Now, the pun Donkey Konga is so great that you wish they were conga drums because that would be more appropriate, but they are, in fact, bongos. That's okay. We were talking earlier about Taiko no Tatsujin, and uh, apparently the same developers worked on uh, the Donkey Kong, uh, uh, the Donkey Konga series. Wow. So you had a few different games there. Nick is showing us a picture of an unrelated monkey. Just a regular <laughs> photograph of a monkey. That's right. It's not just a Latin uh, uh, music theme. It's also, there's an ape involved. There's a primate. How specific is that? These apes love to dance. Uh, so the so Donkey Kongs, it's, it's, you know, you're playing the bongos. It's a lot of fun. And then they use that same peripheral to make a very, very creative platformer, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat which is you're controlling the platforming action with the bongos. So like you're 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 drumming on the right one to make your character move right. You're drumming on the left one to make him move left. I think you you hit them together to make them jump. I'm trying to remember how exactly uh, things work. I know that you were you'd like rapidly drum to like beat up enemies. Uh so it was it, I mean it was just like really cool and creative and a, and a and a fun way to use an existing peripheral. And the peripheral itself was very bizarre. So I think this one absolutely qualifies. And that's my second. And timing-wise, I'm thinking maybe final nominee for uh, the Parade of Peripherals. Maybe we'll have time for one more apiece. Maybe. I'll say the thing about this, uh, these little drums here, this is the exact kind of thing any parent would regret immediately (laughs) getting for for their kids. What a nightmare. Especially if the kid was bad at the game. Oh, no. Right. Uh, but, hey, let's get into... Uh, so, this is another music thing. But and we were talking wow. about Guitar Hero. We were talking about Rock Band earlier. I'm going to talk about DJ Hero. Okay? Uh, and DJ Hero, sure, it's another rhythm game. It's, it's exactly like these other ones. But it came with... It, 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 I'm not sure if the, I'm not 100% sure this counts only because it does it, it's the controller you use to play this game and but it's the thing about it to me that is weirder than the other ones is that it's a single they, it's a packaged in a single like turntable yes and it, the turntable uh, mechanism like the quote unquote like the record on it um, has the like three or like three buttons on it uh, for you to push and then you know scratch the the record with, and I had this. I have it here in my house, and I I played this, and I remember enjoying it, but also thinking that it was like the stupidest thing I'd ever bought with my own money. Like I was right. like, why did I? Because I don't even I don't know. Was I was I going to become a DJ? Like what was what was the plan here? <laughs> what was I thinking? Um. It's a. I weirdly have a tie to this in a kind of an arm's length uh, way to to DJ Hero the wow. game, 
because I was working at the developer Seven Studios on a different project, mm-hmm. and the guy who the guy who came up with the concept is a, a, a really a really good developer and and really smart dude um, uh, who knew music a lot and. I it like it was like, oh, this is a great idea. But this was before it was even uh, in the hero series. And in fact, even affiliated with am with uh, Activision. Wow. It was just called Scratch. But what happened is I, I forget exactly what the what the legal uh, machinations were, uh, machinations were. But like there was either another developer named uh, who was who was making a concept similar to scratch or just the publisher of scratch at the time again not activision ended up suing seven studios the developer i worked for so as part of this lawsuit a bunch of developers hard drives were seized including mine even though i didn't work on the game so like my work computer's uh, hard drive sweating bullets yeah <laughs> <laughs> look i've had my hard drive seized before but <laughs> This was, this was different circumstances. <laughs> and so like someone like I like I remember it's it's all kind of fuzzy because but but it was like I remember like a like a team coming through and like taking everyone's hard drives out or just taking everyone's, yeah. uh, you know, CPUs out, not CPUs, the, the, the fucking the, the, the computer itself. And and then we got new ones for like a few months. And then eventually this developer just got bought by Activision and that squashed the whole thing. And then the game was uh, merged with another existing project. And then mm-hmm. that became DJ Hero. So it was this weird tortured history to it. Wow. Uh, that again, I was kind of just peripherally around. Peripherally. Peripherally. Around. It was a weird. It was a weird peripheral thing that I was around. Wow. Heather, did you catch that? What yeah. did you think about that? But I've I've been exposed to Nick enough now that I, w- I was unfazed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe slightly demoralized. Maybe that's what I felt. <laughs> you feel like mm. Dr. Manhattan when something like crazy happens, like, yeah, of course this happened. It always happened. Yeah. I knew it was going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, I have the legal conflict section of the Wikipedia. I opened it up. On April 15, 2009, the publishers of Scratch, the ultimate DJ. It was tax day, yeah. Uh, Suit against Scratch's developer, Seven Studios, company you work for, and Activision. Okay, so Activision was involved in the lawsuit. The the, the lawsuit contends that Activision purchased Seven Studios to both gain access to proprietary technology and to delay publication of the game so DJ Hero could come out first. Wow. Wow. Got it. So, yeah, so it was basically like some of the technology was merged, but ultimately it was Activision acquired the studio, acquired uh, us, the developer of uh, uh, what was then us, the developer of of Scratch, so that they could have uh, like that sector all to themselves. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe not interesting. Maybe just interesting to me because I lived it. I think it is interesting. I, I, I didn't know that before. Yeah, I, I never looked at the Wikipedia for DJ Hero, a game that I still own. <laughs> it was a good idea. It's not unfun. Like it, it, it's very, very fun. It's like, but it, if it, it's, it felt like the type of thing. I was like, I don't know if this is something. This belongs in an arcade and not in my house by myself. Like, this, like it was like an embarrassing the thing to play alone. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like that's like a part. It's a, that's the same thing because I was playing Guitar Hero. Uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit. We had Rob Wisman on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, with the Golf Kings, and I was playing Guitar Hero obsessively for a time, 
like Rob was mm-hmm. and just doing it by myself. And it felt very, very stupid. Yeah. It's like, a just fun trying party to, thing to do, but yeah. I'm not going to buy a second turntable. Doing it solo seems, uh, seems obsessive. Oh, oh I, I had, I had another thing to note. This is just kind of like in the, how working in game development is bad, uh, area, but related to that episode. So I think partly because of the lawsuit costs and also that I think one of another publisher that we're working on with another game, maybe Bethesda had cut off payments for some reason. The the developer ran out of money. And so we were working there, but they had had like no liquid capital. They had no ability to do anything on their lines of credit were dried up. So the company got the uh, the air conditioning shut off, uh, got all their parking revoked. Whoa. So we were like we we're like wow. parking on the street and then having to sprint across Sepulveda Boulevard, which is like this busy street in Los Angeles, um, go into this developer, work in this this uh, this uh, office building that got a lot of light with no AC for like, you know, 10 hour days crunching on whatever horse shit we were making. And then we stopped getting paid. So then you were just kind of going in on faith with the promise of, well, someday we'll get paid. It's like you're taking improv classes. It's just like, well, this will pay off someday. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually all uh, all that got resolved and we ended up also probably all this extremely illegal. Um, But we uh, but we it got resolved and then we got all our back pay. But man, it was a fucking scary few months there. Oof. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, a Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer made it to the shelves, folks, and that's that's thanks to you. That's all that matters. <laughs> Heather, do you have a do you have another one you want to share before we? The before Aura we... Interactor <laughs> is... <laughs> was a wearable force feedback device developed by Aura Systems. Uh, it monitors an audio signal and used used a electromagnetic actuator to convert bass sound waves into vibrations that would represent a punch or a kick. You would wear it like a vest, and when you got hit in a video game, you would feel it in your chest. It was available for the, what, Super NES, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, uh, and had a big cross-promotion with Mortal Kombat 2, so you could feel the game. You weren't just playing it. Um, pulled up a Wikipedia article about it, and there's an Electronic Gaming Monthly review that said, you know, for a hundred bucks, the Interactor is a good value. It provides economy-sized virtual reality in a small package, which made me think, we've left out the sense of touch in virtual reality. Mm. It was something that we were aiming at in the 90s, and we've just let go of today. So, I know there is some device... That has come out recently that allows you to feel impact or aural impact on your body. Mm -hmm. But it's been a long time coming. That's the Aura Interactor Virtual Reality Gameware, released in 1994. Wow. What if, like, the hits that you would feel while wearing that thing, like, actually felt like you were getting your spine ripped through the front of your body? (laughs) Jesus, probably going to shock. Well, my guess is that the reason this isn't available anymore is, you know, Nick has opened my eyes that probably instead of putting it on their chest, dudes were just putting it on their penis. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. (laughs) 
Um, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say one more real quick. I know we're, we're, we're up against the clock here, but, uh, so along, uh, along in that force feedback, that's sort of, we're getting some sort of physical response from the software we're playing, uh, in that area is a one that wasn't meant to simulate pain, but rather pleasure <laughs> res an excellent, uh, rhythm game had a with just a crazy trippy visuals it's 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 really it's really great i don't know if it's on modern platforms but it's absolutely worth playing it's really cool but it was it released with an accessory called the trance vibrator Mm. and the trance vibrator was just kind of meant to uh like like you could just kind of have it by you or next to you and you just kind of kind of feel the rhythms from this rhythm game as you're playing through it and experiencing the visuals and it was kind of like this all sensory experience but apparently you could use it to jack off. And there's actually an article that someone wrote uh, when the when this was released. Um, I'm not going to read this. It's, it's it gets a little, hey, you know, whatever. It's it's uh, it's fine. Uh, but it is. Uh, but it just sort of talks through this woman's experience actually using the res uh, trans vibrator, like putting it. She literally says, I took off my pants. Wow. And then I'm just going to like, you know, this was contemporaneous with when it released and then just kind of played through it or I think her boyfriend was playing through it. Anyway, it was a uh, it was weird. They had a trans vibrator that you could use that was had one purpose, but it was called a vibrator. And so people use it as a vibrator. There you go. There you go. Do you have one more, Matt? I mean, I don't I so I didn't have my, my uncle had this mm-hmm. and I, I remember seeing it like in his room. And always wanting to play with it and never really ever got to because I guess it turns out it doesn't do anything. Mm. Uh, but it was Rob, the yes. NES robot. And Robotic I always, operating buddy. Yeah, I always thought he looked cool. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I thought he was cool. Um, and I, 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 I never knew what it was for. And I, I don't even I, I, reading up about it doesn't seem like he's not for anything. He's just a little toy. He's just a toy, a big toy. Yeah, I, I think they it it didn't really work out in practice. My friend had an ROB, mm-hmm. uh, and he had the game Gyromite, and we never figured out how you were supposed to play it. <laughs> so we just like, but we just like looked at the robot and tried to play it with the controller because you That's, can kind of play it with a controller. Gyromite, I think the robot dropped tops onto a sensor in order to open doors for your character Mm -hmm. was i think the way it was supposed to i don't know i'm looking at like a picture of the things he's in he's in it with like there's a gun for um duck hunt and then there's like this thing around him he's holding these little pieces so it looks like he can pick up and put things down but yeah, he could do simple mechanical tasks, but I never figured out how you ordered him to do that. He, yeah, he had to be facing the screen and look at it. And it looks like you uh. plug him into the TV, not the uh, <laughs> not the system. This thing sounds like it sucks, actually. Yeah, there's a reason uh, it failed. <laughs> but it looked when I was a kid, when I was like five, this thing would have been 10 years old. Um, I I was like, I want to play with the robot. And he would just very flatly tell me, no. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayBot. Or send us an email at GetPlayBot at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED, 616-275-2933. Hey, that'll do it for this edition of the Parade of Peripherals. 
Coming to you live from Pasadena, California. What? <laughs> Goodbye, Bucket. <laughs> Stick around for the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> 